Ugh, I love Jenny Kane. At this very moment, I'm feeling so comfy and cozy as I'm practically getting a hug from my Jenny Kane crop cashmere cocoon cardigan. I am enjoying this sweater so much that I've been living in it all spring long. And with Mother's Day just around the corner, this is a feeling you can gift all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life by giving them the gift of Jenny Kane. Along with bringing you this episode, Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed so super easy. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. Jenny Kane means luxurious cashmere sweaters, iconic accessories, elevated versions of your everyday basics, plus the most incredible home essentials. For a limited time, Birthful listeners get 15% off their first order. Go to JennyKane.com and use the code BIRTHFUL15 to get 15% off and support the show. Jenny Kane is known for their quintessential sweaters, with their cotton collection providing you with the perfect everyday pieces as the days get warmer. But they also have gorgeous sundresses in a variety of silhouettes for any occasion and spectacular sandals to go along with them. Find the perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring go-tos at JennyKane.com. Birthful listeners get 15% off your first order when you use the code BIRTHFUL15 at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E dot com, promo code BIRTHFUL15. Get yourself and the mothers in your life the gift of Jenny Kane. Pregnancy and postpartum are some of the most nutritionally demanding times of your life, which makes sense because you're basically acting as your baby's pantry while pregnant or nursing. That's why the quality of your prenatal supplements is so vitally important. Hands down, the one I recommend is needed, so I'm thrilled to say that if you use the code BIRTHFUL at thisisneeded.com, you can get 20% off your first month of needed products. Needed is the number one nutrition brand recommended and used by me and over 4,000 practitioners, from nutritionists to midwives, functional medicine doctors, and OBGYNs. Needed is for anyone trying to conceive, pregnant, postpartum, and really, this is goodness you can use even before and beyond the perinatal years. Along with prenatals, Needed offers premium supplements for every stage, from egg quality support to a lactation support plan, a stress and sleep support plan, and a gut health plan. In fact, I've had clients rave about Needed's pre- and probiotic formula, saying how much better it made them feel compared to their usual probiotics. And to me, Needed's hydration support packets, which only have ingredients you can pronounce, are a must in any doula or hospital bag. Also, Needed's prenatal multi is available in capsules and easy-to-take vanilla powder for those with nausea or pill fatigue. Head over to thisisneeded.com and use the code BIRTHFUL for 20% off your first month of Needed products. That's thisisneeded.com and use the code BIRTHFUL for 20% off your first month of Needed products. 
Hey, Adriana here. I wanted to let you know that starting this week, we'll be going back to our older format of one episode per week so that we can start easing into the summer and you can have more time catching up and going through our fabulous Birthful Library. Happy listening. Hello, Mighty Parent or Parent-to-be. I hope you are having a wonderful week and I want to welcome you to Birthful. I'm Adriana Lozada. And yeah, I am grateful you are here. Now, we're in the midst of our movement and body wellness and pregnancy series. And really, this series would not be complete without sharing the wonders of chiropractic care for when you need help with your alignment or having any of the supposedly quote-unquote common pregnancy aches like sciatica pain, back pain, even carpal tunnel pain, really any pain that is showing up as your body shifts during pregnancy. So just because they are really common does not mean that you can't do something about it and chiropractic care can be extremely helpful. So yes, chiropractic for pain, but what you might not know is that all that alignment can also allow your baby to get into a better position even if they're breech or posterior, as you'll hear in our conversation. So definitely chiropractic is a great tool that you can use if you need it or even just for regular balancing. Joining me in this conversation is the wonderful Dr. Elliot Berlin, who is an award-winning pregnancy-focused chiropractor, childbirth educator, and he's even a labor doula. Dr. Berlin hosts the Informed Pregnancy Podcast, which is one piece of his Informed Pregnancy Project. And in that project, he focuses on using different forms of media to compile and deliver unbiased information about pregnancy and childbirth. Aside from the podcast, he's also produced a couple of documentaries, which we're going to talk about a little bit toward the end of the episode, so make sure you stick around for that. Also, if you've ever been on the fence about chiropractic care, I gotta say, Dr. Belin's explanation about how chiropractic care works is the best explanation I've ever heard, so I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. You're listening to Birthful, here to inform your intuition. Dr. Berlin, welcome. Thank you for having me. It is so fantastic. The, all the things that you do, like I want to talk to you about so many things. We'll focus on chiropractic, but, you know, films, the podcast, it's it's all about giving people those choices so that they can have the best birth experience, however they define it. Right. Exactly. I, you know, it's, I got into holistic health care by accident and I got into maternity care my bigger accident. And I come from a very medical background myself. And so I was surprised when I started working in the prenatal world, I was surprised by how many people plan for a specific type of journey. And then all of a sudden, it, it comes time for the big moment, and it goes wildly different than they expect. And I just saw it happen over and over and over again, and start to sort of, you know, get a better a sense from them of what happened where did it go differently than they had planned and expected and doing a little bit of research. And I realized the way we do childbirth today is so radically different than the way it, it used to be. And I don't think, I don't think people are, are up to date on the information. And so there are a lot of big surprises when they get to the end. And I just really started by writing some articles to try to help open eyes and minds and get people to think and do a little more research and planning early on. And uh, articles slowly turned into podcasts and 
documentaries. And so I'm really just trying to stand on the rooftop and shout out uh, any way that I can. And it's more than anything, it's about informed choice that people should be able to have information about the pros and cons of all the options that are before them and be able to make a choice. And whatever choice they make, I support it, but it should generally be supported by anybody around them. And it's, it's number one, hard to get the information to make an informed choice. And when you do make an informed choice, it's often hard to find support for the choices you've made. So that's become a, a bit of a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. And mine too, right? And and I get, totally appreciate what you do because it's it's that we've been sort of led down a path of this is how birth is. But when you actually sit down and look at it and are mindful about it, you realize, wait a second, which is what the, the path that you just described. Wait a second. This is not quite something's off here. Why are why aren't things working out? So I find that it does require so much early preparation ahead of time in order yeah. to even have a, a chance of of being able to have that voice during their birth. Yeah, it's interesting because my observation is that birth goes best when you're not thinking about it. Right. And so it's a delicate balance between having enough information and making enough choices to be empowered and sort of steer the way things go for you, but not so much that that's all you're thinking about while you're in labor. It's it's a tough balance. And I think from my point of view, I, I always talk about the preparation you do ahead of time so that everything's set up in a way that you have that supportive team that knows what you want, that already you've thought about your choices and have some what ifs and you prepare all the things behind the scenes and way ahead of time so that then you can have an environment where you don't think. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I truly appreciate your films and your podcasts and all the information you you provide to help Thank parents you. on their journeys. Let's talk specifically then about chiropractic care during pregnancy. What are the benefits? Well, the benefits of chiropractic care in general relate to structure and function. So the body, looking specifically at the spine, you've got a whole bunch of vertebrae, and they have dual purpose. One purpose is to protect the central nervous system, including the skull and spine and pelvis. They're protecting the brain and spinal cord. But at the same time, they are designed to give you some mobility to be able to move in lots of unique ways. And those two objectives sort of compete with each other. In a perfect world, if we want to protect protect the brain and spinal cord would make this really rigid structure that doesn't have any mobility. And if we wanted to give you a lot of mobility, then we'd have the exact opposite. So it's a very complex structure, the spine and at the top, the cranium at the bottom, the pelvis, a very complex structure trying to accomplish two competing goals. And sometimes it it doesn't go just right. And the musculoskeletal system has two parts. There's the soft tissues, the muscles and the tendons and the ligaments, and then there's the bony tissues, which are the bones of the spine itself. And they interact. So if the muscles become stiff or tight or rigid, then it's going to have an effect on the overall function of the musculoskeletal system. And the joints, wherever you have two bones come together, there should be movement around that joint, not too much, which is protected by the ligaments, and not too little. If a joint becomes restricted, doesn't move anymore, then you start to have problems build up around that joint, one of which is the nerve that it's supposed to be protecting. Fluid starts to build up around that nerve and compresses the nerve. So 
Uh, it's a complicated system in, in, in today's day and age with the things that we do with our bodies, certainly. It, it requires some maintenance. If we can keep those muscles from getting too tight, stiff, achy, restrictive, and we can keep the joints moving nicely, then we can better protect the central nervous system, which affects and controls and coordinates all, all functions of the body. But also we can keep you healthy, you know, in, in an achy, stiff, painful sort of way. So that's general chiropractic. Very, very powerful in what it can do because, again, those nerves, which we're safeguarding, control everything that takes place in the body. But when it comes to pregnancy, we put that already complex system under even more strain. The growth of the body during the pregnancy, the shift in center of gravity out and down. And it's quite a dramatic growth for a lot of people. I've had a lot of patients who's in 40 or 50 pounds, and that's not even taking into account labor and delivery. So through chiropractic, where it's important for most people during pregnancy with the added strain going on, it's even more important to keep that system well-maintained. And indeed, most people come in originally to our office for things that are more musculoskeletal, like back pain, low back pain, hip pain, sciatic pain, sometimes neck and shoulder pain, or what feels like carpal tunnel syndrome or actual carpal tunnel syndrome. And those are all fairly easy for us to correct, to improve with uh, maintenance of the muscles and joints of the spine and pelvis. And all of those are very common during pregnancy, all those aches. Yeah, they're very common that, that, that they sort of have been accepted as normal. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't call them normal. I would just call them common. And for the most part, they're very treatable. Sciatica, which is, I think, the number one thing that we see pain in the low back or sort of hip buttock region that sometimes radiates down a little bit and sometimes doesn't down the leg, is the number one thing that we see in the office. Usually two to four visits, it's gone and doesn't come back. But oftentimes people come in in their ninth month where they just can't even walk anymore. Sometimes we'll put them in an office chair to wheel them down the hall because mm. they literally can't walk. And they've been struggling with this getting worse for three, four, five months already. And uh, after the first visit, they can walk out. And by the second or third visit, they're pain-free. And I don't, can't remember the last day that went by where somebody didn't say, I can't believe I didn't find out about this earlier. So it's, it's powerful, it's simple, it's relatively inexpensive compared to uh, most medical visits, and it's widely available. Chiropractors are popping up all over the place. Yeah, more and more covered by insurance is, I think, the other reason why it's becoming more and more popular. Yeah, so a lot of insurance networks are, are seeing the benefit in holistic care, keeping people healthy from the outset and avoiding the the more expensive, you know, recovery care when things go wrong. So we talked about more of those pains and nerve pains and achy pelvises, but what about, can it have some benefits in terms of your how you can sleep better? Uh, yes and no. I, I think the most common issue that comes up for sleep, and there's several, but the most common is towards the third trimester where people are basically limited to sleeping on one side or the other or alternating between two sides. And especially for moms who were stomach sleepers or back sleepers before the pregnancy, that can become pretty uncomfortable. But for anybody, the combination of having all that pressure on your hip compounded by the weight gain, uh, those muscles around the hip joint start to get pretty stiff and achy at nighttime and really can wake you up with, uh, with some pain. And usually you'd roll over onto the other side, but then sometimes an hour or two later, 
that side's in pain, so you roll back to the other side. With some massage around those those muscles of the hip, uh, we can usually make that achiness go away, that pain go away, at least for a few days at a time initially, and then for a week or two at a time. Uh, once it, it really, we get through the layers of tightness that have been built up over the years before the pregnancy. So in that way, we can make it more comfortable. Sometimes uh, sleeping on your side creates neck, shoulder, rib issues. You know, if that arm is kind of stretched out underneath you and your head is resting on it, it can create neck issues for people, again, who are not typically side sleepers. If you, let's say you're sleeping on your left side without enough pillow support, your head will be tilted to the left and those muscles on the right side of your neck start to get stiff all night trying to pull your neck back to neutral. Uh, You could wake up in the morning with a pretty stiff neck, sometimes so stiff and painful that you can't even turn your neck in a way that's not even really safe to drive. So for all those things, we can certainly help. In my case, we use a combination. I went to both massage therapy school and chiropractic school. I studied them separately because it fascinated me how interactive they are. And I felt like just chiropractic by itself is addressing just the skeletal side of the musculoskeletal system and just massage by itself is addressing the muscular side, the soft tissues. But together, they're very synergistic. They're more powerful. Uh, one plus one equals three kind of mm. way. And so we use both in our office. And for all of those sleep issues, we have really good success at getting our moms comfortable through through the pregnancy even to 40 weeks and beyond. Yeah. And you've gone even one further by adding some cranial sacral work to your modalities we were talking yeah. before earlier. Yeah. I do a little bit of cranial when I'm at a birth. Uh, we have cranial sacral therapists on the team who do who do intensive craniosacral therapy. We use it a lot for the babies after mm-hmm. birth. Uh, incredibly powerful for babies, but it's very powerful for adults too. Even when I get cranial myself, especially after I've been at a long birth, a couple of sleepless nights, I would say 15 minutes or so into the session, I fall into a very deep, relaxed state where I'm not really even aware. And um, an hour later, I'll just wake up feeling like I slept for two nights. Very powerful, refreshing, calming to the nervous system. Uh, It's a great modality. Today's episode is sponsored by Acorns. And sometimes I find that investing gets put off because it doesn't seem urgent or because with our busy lives, we may not have the time to research and manage said investments, which is why I so appreciate that Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future and that you don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with acorns in fact you can get started with just your spare change so for example i take advantage of acorns roundup feature where they round up the purchase amounts i make in my linked account to the nearest dollar and then they automatically transfer that to my invest account portfolio Also, Acorns can recommend an expert-built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. For me, that's easy-peasy investing. Head to acorns.com slash birthful or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Client testimonial may not be representative of all clients. Tier 1 compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash birthful. Investing involves risk, including loss of principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors LLC Acorns is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorn Securities LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. 
diaper rash. It can be a truly uncomfortable experience for a baby. And so I find that one of the biggest conundrums when diapering is figuring out what diaper cream to use. So many options are thick and goopy, making them hard to apply and hard to wipe off. But I can personally say that this is not the case for Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician-approved skin protectant that is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, designed as a breathable formula to help maintain an optimal skin barrier while allowing the healing to occur. This butt balm was developed by a mom who is also a doctor, hence the name Dr. Mom Butt Balm, when she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash and she wasn't about to settle. So she created Dr. Mom Butt Balm to go on smooth and be easy to remove while also being gentle on your baby's delicate skin. With Dr. Mom Butt Balm, you can say goodbye to excessive wiping to clean your little one's already chafed skin. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is so soft and goes on so smooth that you'll only need a small amount instead of having to layer on a thick goop. Plus, it has a lovely minty scent. Learn more about Dr. Mom Butt Balm at DrMomButtBalm.com That's DrMomButtBalm.com or look for it at Amazon.com. I want to ask you about the impact of the chiropractic care that you get during pregnancy, if there's any benefits for it, for birth. That's a great question. The way I ended up starting to go to birth and then ultimately becoming a doula uh, is because I got a phone call from a midwife on a Sunday afternoon. I was in the pet store hoping not to buy a dog for my kids. And... Uh, <laughs> I was saved by the midwife, and she called because we do a lot of breach work in the office, which I'll address in a second. And she said, you get so many of those breach babies to turn. I'm stuck with a mom in labor. She's, she's at seven centimeters, and she's been at seven centimeters for seven hours. And the baby's posterior. The skull is against the spine. Can you do something to get the skull not to be against the spine? Can you get this baby to rotate a little bit and drop down into the pelvis? and bring this baby home. And I had no idea because I had never been asked that question and I had never never tried to do that before. So before I tell you how that story ends, I'll tell you what we do for breach. Towards the end of pregnancy, you know, at birth, there's only about 3 to 4% of babies are breech. In the middle of the pregnancy, about half the babies are breech. They move around a lot. But towards 32 weeks, Roughly 90% of the babies are already head down, so only 10% breach or 10 out of 100. And then by birth, only 3 or 4 out of 100 are breached. So somewhere between 32 or 33 weeks when people are, know they still have a breached baby, they're, they realize they're running out of time for that baby to turn, and they're 50% or less as every week goes by a chance of the baby getting into the ideal position. And there are so few doctors left or midwives left who – are proficient at delivering breech babies vaginally that they really run down to just having the option of cesarean. Uh, one of the films that we talked about earlier is called Heads Up, The Disappearing Art of Vaginal Breech Delivery. And um, in the film, we discuss why the art is disappearing and make the case that it shouldn't be disappearing. People should still have the option for it. And you can see more about that at headsupfilm.com, the home of that uh, film online. Mm-hmm. So chiropractically, what we do 
for breached babies is not all that different than what we do throughout the pregnancy. There is no breach turning technique with chiropractic. But the concept is based on Larry Webster's work, a chiropractor from the 1970s. And he was really not even working on breach. He was working on understanding the pelvic paradox. Why do some babies, very small babies in a very large pelvis, get stuck on the way out. They just won't drop down. And sometimes these very large babies in this very tiny pelvis squeeze right out with no problem. How do you, how do you reconcile that? How do you figure? And there's a whole field in medicine of pelvimetry where we, we measure, use different techniques to measure the size of the pelvic inlet and outlet and the size of the baby and see if we think the baby, that size baby will fit through that size pelvis. And if we don't think it'll fit, we call it fetal pelvic disproportion. And oftentimes the recommendation is to not even try and just schedule a cesarean. But through experience, we see that unless the baby is very abnormally large, that we can't tell with all the modern pelvimetry, we can't tell if a baby is going to make it through unless we try. Right, because the baby had molds, baby rotates, moves around, and so the pelvis, too, switches positions and, and can create space in different ways. Exactly. Pelvimetry is just looking at structure but not function. A static image doesn't tell you how much molding that head can do or how much expanding that pelvis can do. And when you add function to the equation, it makes a lot of sense that uh, a baby and a pelvis that are both functional, even if it was a large baby and a smaller pelvis, the combination of the molding of that head and the stretching of that pelvis will let it pass, whereas even a baby that's not very big, if the head is very rigid and the pelvis is large and it's very rigid and they're not lined up just perfectly, neither one's going to give and it'll be hard for that head to get through that pelvis. So that's what Larry Webster was looking at. And um, he came up with techniques, chiropractic technique, that's now called the Webster technique, for improving the function of that pelvis. That's what chiropractors do. We improve the function of the musculoskeletal system. So we're not really doing anything to the baby specifically. We're doing what we do to people in general, in this case to women at the end of pregnancy, which is checking the pelvis for restrictions where the sacrum, the foundation of the spine, meets the other bones. And if it's moving well, we just leave it alone. And if it's stuck, we adjust it. We restore motion there. And the same thing with the pelvic ligaments. If the round ligaments that connect the uterus to the pubic bone are stiff, and restrictive, we stretch them and loosen them up. We open them to make more functional space. And the goal is to improve the functionality so that birth goes better. But what he found was, when he was doing the technique on women who had breech babies, frequently the baby would get into the ideal position soon after the adjustment. And so that's what we do still today from the chiropractic technique. When somebody comes in with a breech baby, we restore function to their low back, hips, and pelvis with chiropractic adjustments. What I added to that is, with my massage background, doing the same thing from for the soft tissues, for the muscles and the tendons, uh, using deep tissue massage techniques to release the muscles of the pelvis, in particular the quadratus lumborum at the lower part of the back, the piriformis muscles deep underneath the gluteal muscles. When they're tight, they squeeze the whole pelvis closed, so we loosen them up and open the pelvis. And in the front, the hip flexor tendons that kind of come down under the baby and when they're tight they kind of push in on the baby and lift and of course we don't want that certainly not leading up to pregnancy and, and not during birth so we use that technique and and together with chinese medicine most you know two-thirds or more of our babies that come in breach uh, ultimately end up in a head down position poised for the ideal birth position so the midwife, Alex, was asking me, and she said, if you can do that, if you can 
affect the position for breach? Can you affect the position right now in labor for this rotated baby that's not breech but posterior? I didn't know. I said I was willing to give it a try. And after a couple of hours of of working away at it together with this mom in, in, in the throes of labor, we all felt that baby just rotate and clunk down. Mm. And within an hour, within an hour, that baby was born. And that was the beginning of it. And then I would get called a couple of weeks later to another birth and then another birth. And eventually somebody said, hey, you went to my friend Becky's birth and did massage. And she said it was great. Can you come to my birth and do massage? And I said, well, Becky's baby was stuck. And that's why I did massage. And she said, well, why do I have to wait for something to go wrong? And I didn't really have any answer for that. So I attended that birth as well. And it was just really wonderful to be there helping give her some some physical relief and something else to focus on to get out of her head a bit. Really just magical. And because of that, I started attending birth just as, as a body worker, doing massage and chiropractic and reflexology and acupressure and counterpressure. And um, once I was going to that many births in that role, then I also did doula training and became a doula, as did my wife, who's a pre and postnatal psychologist. So we we trained as doulas together and we both go to birth. So our kids are very, very aware of the human cervix and the dilation process. Yeah. What a fabulous story of how you guys ended up where you are right now. That's fantastic. And I was joking earlier before we started recording that, like, we need to clone you. Like, everybody needs to have a Dr. Berlin at their births. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I would love to be cloned. <laughs> yeah. I could use I could use a couple more of me to uh, juggle all the things that I'm trying to juggle. But just, just to finish up your question that got us started on this, how does chiropractic sort of prepare you or what does it do for you uh, leading up to or during birth? From a musculoskeletal perspective, again, we look at, I look at having a baby, delivering a baby, it's kind of like squeezing this big basketball through a, a small rubber band. And if the basketball isn't too inflated and can smoosh in a little bit, and that rubber band is pretty elastic and stretchy, you'll get a big basketball through a small rubber band. But if that basketball is very rigid and overinflated and that rubber band is really uh, rigid and not stretchy at all, it's going to be a tough squeeze. So in all of our labor preparation work, whether the baby's head up or head down, it doesn't really matter. And when I'm, I'm called to a birth that I wasn't supposed to be at or if I'm at a birth that I was supposed to be at, uh, what happens is we use chiropractic and massage techniques to constantly release and improve the function of the low back, hips, and pelvis to make that rubber band as elastic and stretchy as it can be, as it's supposed to be. And then as that baby tries to kind of wiggle down and come through, rotate and come out, there's less resistance, better function. And the goal is to make it a smoother, uh, more comfortable experience for both the mother and the baby. Mm -hmm, because the better position baby is and the more flexible uh, and that mom is, then the quicker, really, and easier that it'll be. Exactly. And I like your analogy that usually um, I, I'm used to hearing the rubber band analogy specifically towards the cervix, but you're not talking about the cervix. The cervix is no. going to do its own thing. You're talking about sort of the pelvic bowl. Yes, as being exactly. that rubber band, and that's a great—that's a great way of visualizing it as well. Yeah, I mean that's literally what it feels like. From when you're working on the muscles and bones of the pelvis, it feels like a rubber band. Together, they make this rubber band with a lot of movable pieces, and we're just making it more and more stretchy and, and elastic and functional. 
So when is there an ideal time for people to go see a chiropractor? Is there, you know, ideal number of sessions? Is there a point where it's too late? I don't think it's ever too late. I've started working with people who are breech after 40 weeks and still had success in getting those babies to turn. You wow. know, every day, that, every day that goes by with breech, uh, the odds will go down because the baby's bigger and the fluid starts to go down and whatnot. But just in terms of chiropractic for pregnancy, we start preconception to set the stage, there are some things that we can work on before you're pregnant, deep in the psoas, the abdominal core, that we can't work on once there's a baby in there. So there's some preconception work that would be helpful. But there's no time that's, that's, I think, too early or too late. Ideally, by the end of the first trimester, we'll get to look and see how things are. And if things look great, then we don't see you too often, sometimes once a month. If there's more built-up tension and uh, dysfunction, then occasionally it'll be a series of visits right up front, three or four visits close together over a two-week period of time, and then twice a month for the bulk of the pregnancy. But for labor preparation, we typically start by uh, 30, 33 or 34 weeks latest. And again, depending on, on what we're working with, somebody who's got a lot of experience really using their body hard, athletes who do a lot of running or dance or gymnastics or spinning or Pilates, those kind of things, they're great, but they leave you with an athletic pelvis that's a, a bit more rigid than we would normally like to see. So we use our techniques to leave that strength there that you've built up, but to release excess tension and make sure that you still have function and your body doesn't resist the baby coming down. That sounds fantastic. So, a random question. What do you think about Kegels, then? Uh, Kegels is a, is a tough question, and I, I think it's an individual basis. Uh, in our office, we have someone who's a pelvic floor specialist, different than what I do, and uh, usually she'll evaluate people and help them find exercises that will give them strength in the right places without overdoing it. And so um, I kind of leave that expertise to her. But I think sometimes Kegels can be helpful. And sometimes there's other exercises that could be more helpful, but it's sort of an individual basis. There's no one thing that's right for everybody. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. And I want listeners out there to run it through their critical fact, critical thinking, because there's different childbirth education classes that go, you do Kegels, 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 and it may or may not be what you need. Right. Yeah, it's just everybody's an individual. Uh, even even for what I do specifically, some people are, are going to be better candidates and some people are not quite as good of a candidate. We certainly don't do the same thing with every person who comes in. What about postpartum? Is there a good time to come in afterwards to get a checkup after well, all that? a lot of times people will ask when they can come back. Um, uh, if I'm at the birth, I'll sometimes suggest mom and the baby. I'll check the baby's spine within an hour after they have the baby. Sometimes even sooner. I've adjusted babies that are just four minutes old. In terms of when you can come back to the office from a vaginal birth, you can go back as early as three, three to four days if you need to. Um, or after a cesarean birth, 10 to 14 days if you need to. Um, we end up a little bit limited in, in exactly what we can do, but there's still a lot we can do. Can you explain what a newborn adjustment is like? Because for somebody who hasn't had chiropractic or has had chiropractic but not seen a baby be adjusted, you think of, you know, 
little bit more forceful and cracking, and they might be a little apprehensive about that for babies, which is not what it is. For for newborns, you know, they don't have any of the uh, they don't have any of the scar tissue built up that we have built up. They don't have a rigid musculature system built up. We really just almost touch each vertebra of the spine really gently to see that it has give. That when you touch it, it moves away from you. That's what we're looking for, the mobility, the function that it's supposed to have. Uh, On a baby, when a vertebra doesn't move away from you, you can use a very gentle technique called a sustained contact, where all we're doing is really holding that vertebra, one finger on the vertebra, in the right line of correction, with a little bit of force going to where it should be. You know, vertebra have a whole range of motion where it's okay for them to be, but they when they get stuck, they get stuck just outside that range of motion. On adults, because there's so much rigidity and resistance built into those structures, you kind of have to take it to the end of where it's where it'll move. You know, where, where just that resistance point and give it a little thrust to get past it. But on babies, you don't have to do that. You literally just hold your finger there in the right correction with a very, very gentle touching pressure. And after sometimes 30 seconds, a minute or two minutes, it'll just slide right back where it's supposed to go. Uh, we've all regularly have people come in where the baby will only breastfeed on one side and not the other side or bottle feed on one side, but, you know, in one position, but not the other position. And oftentimes all it is is a vertebra that's pinched on that side. And so it's uncomfortable for them to lay on that side. And as soon as we adjust them instantly, like magic, they can now comfortably feed on both sides. So Sometimes it's not that simple. There's a lot of other things that can come on with uh, feeding issues or lactation issues. But uh, that's how powerful it is when we just hold that vertebra in the line of correction and it releases, then the baby becomes comfortable on either side. Mm-hmm. And the, the, it's the beauty of babies that they're so resilient and pliable also. It's so new that I, I find that any holistic therapy that you do tends to be very easy, <laughs> very simple for babies, which is wonderful. Is there anything else about chiropractic that we should address? One note I would say is for us, even though we focus on pre and postnatal, we take care of the whole family. Transitions are stressful. And when your body's under stress, things stiffen up, tighten up, and it can create a cycle where that stiffness then creates nerve pressure and nerve pressure creates pain or achiness or more stiffness. And uh, at a time that's already stressful, the last thing you need is for your body to start giving way. So um, during those transitions, stress is not always bad. Stress can be very good, but uh, transitions are are notably stressful. So uh, we like to take care of the whole family. Uh, mom and, and her partner and the babies and even sometimes the caregivers. Do you find that once you start with chiropractic care, you have to keep going forever? That's a question we get a lot. I, you know, it's, it's not like we've unlocked something that makes you now needy for chiropractic care. I think that when you feel mediocre and you get adjusted a few times and you feel great and then go back to your regular life and sit in front of your computer or even taking care of babies, you know, everything for babies is down. When we see people during pregnancy, most commonly the issues are in the low back and hips. When we see people postpartum, most commonly the issues are neck and upper back. We call mommy neck and mommy back. Mm -hmm. I'm feeding the baby, bathing the baby, changing the baby. It's all down, dressing the baby. It's all down low. So um, I think that once you feel how good you could feel, you probably want to keep doing that. But, 
you know, if you stop, it's not like you're going to fall apart. You just end up back where you were before and probably slowly sliding into a, a less functional place as you were before the chiropractic. So, you know, just like your car, it's like just because I did an oil change, do I have to always do oil changes? You had to do them anyway. If you want <laughs> something to last, you got to take care of it. You needed mobility if you want to be able to like be able to walk when you're older. You need to keep moving, right? Yeah, and whatever it is that you do in life that affects your body, having kids is going to affect it a lot more. They require a lot. Absolutely. So we talked about the heads, uh, the heads up film, which is yes. specifically about the disappearing art of breach. And I've got to tell you, I personally, I did not. I had, I ended up with a version, an external version that worked, and that was. Oh, good. That was my only option at that point. It was, you know, that or a cesarean. And so I did that. And fortunately, it worked. And she stayed head down for four more weeks, went past to 41 weeks, and I had a vaginal birth. Oh, but, wow, great. Yeah. So I am, I, am, I, I am a believer of having to do what you need to do when you need to do it, but it would be great if, if that wasn't so, why is it that breach is disappearing? Uh, you know, every step of the way with, with breach, there's decisions to make, you know, do you want to do holistic natural things to try to get the baby to turn like chiropractic or acupuncture or massage or hypnosis or positional exercises? What are the pros and what are the cons? When do you even start being concerned about it? When do you care? Why is the baby breach? There are different factors that nobody really ever addresses. And what type of breach? They're not all the same. You know, breach generally is referring to any baby that's not head down. But there's frank breach, complete breach. Sometimes babies are transverse. Sometimes they're one or two feet down. And there, there are differences. There are nuances between the different types of breach. If the holistic things don't work or you didn't try them, there's the medical option for the external version like you did, which also has pros and cons. And they're not the same for everybody, as we talked about before. Some people, if it's your third baby and the baby's small and you have a lot of amniotic fluid and your placenta's out of the way, you probably have a very, very, very good chance that that baby will turn. It probably won't even be that intense. And uh, it'll be quick. But the problem is the baby may not stay head down once the, once they get it head down. Uh, if you got a, it's your first baby deeply wedged in the pelvis butt down, almost you know eight cubic centimeters of fluid, not a whole lot of fluid in a large baby, you're probably better off buying a Powerball ticket and and then getting that baby to turn. But they could still turn. The odds are just a lot smaller. There are some risks involved, but I think they're oftentimes blown out of proportion, which is not good. It would be just as bad to not mention them at all. That you need to know that there are risks. And so, what's lacking is somebody stepping forward and saying, "Here are all your options. Here are the pros and cons of each option. The realistic pros and cons of each option, not just in general, but for you specifically." Which ones do you want to do and which ones don't you want to do? And the ultimate option is if you've tried everything else and your baby still breach, do you want to have a cesarean? Here are the pros and cons. Or do you want to have a vaginal birth? Here are the pros and cons. And you can't listen to a podcast and know that because it has to be specific to you. What specific position is your baby in? What baby number is this for you? Have you had a vaginal birth before? How big is your baby? What position is the head in? Are, are you confident? Are you comfortable? Do you have a provider who has a lot of experience delivering breech babies? That's important too. So 
you know, the film just sort of talks about the fact that this art is disappearing before our very eyes. This choice is being taken away from people before their very eyes. In some cases, it's very obvious that a woman and a baby are great, great candidates for vaginal breech birth. And in some cases, it's obvious that they're not very good candidates for breech birth. But for everybody, the option is disappearing quickly. And the movie talks about the history of how it came to be. Uh, the current protocol, the guideline from the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists is to give a woman a choice, but they even note in that recommendation that most people will choose cesarean because there's very few providers left who still have the skill. So we're trying to change that. We're trying to make sure that women know there's a choice. We're trying to make trying to restore teaching of breach so that we won't lose the option so that there will be providers who have that skill for the women who want it. And the more people that watch and share that film, the the better off we will be able to accomplish that goal. And right here in Southern California, we are making a lot of progress in that realm. Um, providers are watching it, and those who offer breach are, are making it more known. Uh, hospitals that don't offer breach are looking at the possibility for how they might be able to offer breach. And even residents who watch it, because we're invited to screen the film at, at hospitals at Grand Rounds, even residents who watch it are going out of the country to try to get training so that they can offer this option to their clients. That's fantastic because I, I I do find that the big crux in all of that is the fact that fewer and fewer providers have the skills to do it. We have no way to teach it is the problem because there's so little volume. How are you going to teach somebody to competently deliver breech babies when there's only, you know, any provider who does it does one a month or, or less? Mm-hmm. And in Canada, they've been uh, more recently making some good efforts into bringing it and starting to teach it again. Yeah. In the United States, we, we reinstated our recommendation that breach, breach delivery should be an option in 2006, but haven't done anything to really reteach it. Canada, they reinstated breach as an option in 2009 and made more of an effort to reteach it, but it's still not robust. The option is still hard to come by. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fantastic that you're making strides in South California. Yeah. And we're trying, you know, the film's online. Anybody can watch it at headsupfilm.com. On the international scene, there's more um, effort being put into making sure we don't lose the option completely. And not to forget your other film, Trial of Labor. Trial of Labor is uh, is different. It's not so information-based. It's more of a story. It's a story that I see every day in the office. Uh, this is for women who are pregnant for the second or third time who previously only had cesarean birth that they didn't plan for. And now they're on a journey to have a more empowered experience. They're reflecting on their previous experiences. They're, they're kind of su- surrounding themselves. They're, they're looking for more information. They're doing more research, and they're surrounding themselves with um, empowering providers. And, uh, and on, a, on an empowering journey that so many women have been on, look, one in three babies are born by cesarean, and only a very small fraction of those are planned to be a cesarean. I think that cesarean section is one of the greatest innovations we have in mo- modern medicine. To safely be able to deliver a baby in just a couple minutes' time is great for people who need it or people who want it. I, there's nothing greater than someone who truly needs a cesarean having access to a cesarean. But when we overuse it, it does more harm than good. Any medical technique is like that. If I do CPR on someone who has no pulse and no breathing, I'm a hero, even if I break all their ribs. Uh, If I do CPR on somebody who is just talking to me, I'm going to go to jail for assault and battery. Same medical technique, wrong patient, dramatically different results. And so it's clear that we do too many cesareans. We're doing more harm than good. We don't want to 
demonize cesarean, but we want to help people become empowered. If if they don't want to have a cesarean birth, you sort of have to work at it these days. And so these women are sharing their stories to help share with people who watch, the viewer, some of the mistakes that, that they've made and to try to help them avoid those mistakes, sort of uh, how to have your second birth the first time around. Fantastic. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me. That was award-winning pregnancy-focused chiropractor, childbirth educator, labor doula, and host of the Informed Pregnancy Podcast, Dr. Elliot Berlin. You can find Dr. Berlin on Instagram at Dr. Berlin. And you can connect with us at Birthful Podcast, also on Instagram. And in fact, if you're not driving, we love it when you take a screenshot of this episode right now and post it to your stories, sharing what your biggest takeaway is from the episode. Do make sure you tag at Birthful Podcast so we can see it and amplify it. You can find the in-depth show notes and transcript of this episode at birthful.com, where you'll also learn more about my birth and postpartum preparation classes, and you can download your free postpartum preparation plan. Also, if you are finding that this podcast is an invaluable resource for you, the best way to support us is by taking any one of my perinatal classes or doing one of my doula workshops or trying out some of the wonderful products that our sponsors bring to you. This is what allows us to continue doing this work. Birthful is created and produced by me, Adriana Lozada, with production assistance from Asia Plati. Thank you so much for supporting, listening, and sharing Birthful. Be sure to follow us on GoodPods, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and just anywhere you listen, and then come back for more ways to inform your intuition. Hey, Adriana here. I wanted to let you know that starting this week, we'll be going back to our older format of one episode per week so that we can start easing into the summer and you can have more time catching up and going through our fabulous birthful library. Happy listening.